Gentlemen, start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us tonight. Uh, super excited to uh, have with us Robert McGinnis, retired Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis. And uh, he has been with us now. I think this is his fourth appearance with us. And he gets, I have to tell you, of all of our guests, he gets the largest downloads. One of the shows he was on with us had over 100,000 views just on the YouTube feed alone. I mean, just on that alone. So uh, he's a tremendous guest. We're looking forward to having him. He'll be with us uh, here at the uh, bottom of the hour to talk about his new book, Collision Course. And then next week, uh, we're excited to have with us for the first time attorney and author Lise Wheel, who you might remember her from her days at Fox News. Uh, she's now a prolific writer, uh, has written I don't know how many books, but she'll be here next week to talk with us about her book on the Manson murders, which will be fascinating. Uh, I don't think we've done a show yet um, on Charles Manson and the Manson murders. Uh, some of our guests have touched on Manson, but I don't think we've ever done an entire show on Charles Manson. So that'll be exciting uh, to get into all of that next week with our special guest, Lise Wheel. All right, let's get into uh, tonight's news. Um, I, I want to first start out by mentioning to you if you're looking for a good book to read, I know a lot of you are still in lockdown or some level of lockdown in your area, a book that I just finished. And by the way, I would recommend you get the audio version of the book because there's a lot more in the audio version. They they really turn it into not just the book on audio, but also there's a lot of discussion that takes place after each chapter. And it's a book called Can't Hurt Me by... Navy SEAL David Goggins, and um, it's it's an incredible story of, of what this guy went through growing up as really being abused by his tyrannical father and how he was able to get through that whole horrible situation and then ends, ends up as a Navy SEAL. It's an incredible story if you're looking for uh, an inspirational book to read. I will warn you. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of profanity in the book, but that doesn't really bother me so much because it's, it's, it's real life and, uh, that's there, but I really enjoyed the audio version, which I purchased through my audible.com account and, uh, would highly recommend that to you. So that's, that's that, uh, throwing that out to you. Can't hurt me by David Goggins. I highly recommend the book. All right. Tonight's sponsor. So we can be commercial free is the virtual asset retirement system. And just before we went live, 
Um, I went back into my online course and counted up how many hours of training are in there at this point. Right now, there's more than 12 hours of training in there. And what is it? It is the 2.0 version of my course on how to make money online. Many of you know from 2008 to 2015, I taught a very popular online course on how to make money online uh, with various all kinds of we don't limit it. It's it's really it's really this. It's all of the different things I do personally to earn my full time living online. I share that with you in the online course. And if you want to check it out, it's really designed for those of us who are north of 50 that are looking at retirement and really need to figure out how we're going to get there. So if you're somebody that doesn't have enough money saved for retirement, you're looking for alternative ways to create passive income streams, check this out. The first three lessons are free so that you can kick the tires. Check it out tonight. Vars training.com that's v like in victor a r s vars training.com tonight's sponsor v a r s vars training.com all right i don't know what's happening where you are i know a lot of you are in some level of lockdown uh here in florida Pretty much everything's open, but with a lot of modifications, I say pretty much everything because I was really frustrated. Uh, yesterday, I found out that the Starbucks that is located right here in my neighborhood is now shut down. And I'm not sure what's going on with chains like Starbucks. I know, for example, that all of our Dunkin' Donuts here in town have closed the lobby areas. So even though the state has set restaurant occupancy at a maximum of 50%. We have a lot of places are just closing down the insides of their their restaurants and our Starbucks near our house which I have to tell you is 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 always incredibly busy in the drive-through even though they've had the you know minimal occupancy on the inside they've closed now the entire store there is no drive-through. There is no seating area. It's completely closed. So I continue to wonder how a lot of these businesses are going to come back from this. I continue to scratch my head and, and ask, why would a very busy Starbucks just completely shut down? Well, one of the reasons that may very well be, I don't know, I'm just speculating, but I've heard from a lot of small business owners, a lot of restaurant business owners, people in the service business, that employees are able to actually make more money from unemployment than what they could get paid coming back to work. Now, that's coming to an end because the $600 that was being added to the state unemployment payments that people were getting. So here in Florida, uh, people would get $875 a week to not work. Uh, and, and I don't want to belittle those people that can't work because their business that they work for is shut down. But it's sort of, a, I don't know, chicken in the egg type of an equation, because let's take the example of a restaurant. A lot of restaurants, and I know this to be a fact because I know restaurant owners who have told me this, they cannot reopen because their employees will not come back to work because they're getting more money to stay home. So the restaurant owner, rather than fighting that, is just staying closed. 
And, uh, you know, I've, I've told people this and they've said, yeah, but the restaurant owner can call the unemployment office and report those employees that refuse to go back. That's right. And then their employees will hate them <laughs> and quit. Uh, so it, there's no good answer here. But this is what they're trying to resolve right now. And I have to give Trump a lot of credit that he's uh, doing this through executive order. What he's doing is extending the coronavirus benefits through executive order, because the, right now the Congress can't come up with a deal. Uh, the Republicans, and Democrats cannot come up with a deal. And this is largely for two reasons. One is that they want to put a lot of money in this uh, next spending bill that will um, fund these blue states that are financial train wrecks. You know the states I'm talking about, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, California. These are states that have mismanaged their finances, not just this isn't just about coronavirus in the last six months. This is decades of underfunding pensions, decades of overspending, decades of running deficits. Um, and so th they're looking at this as, as a bailout, like they can tap into this and kind of cover a multitude of sins going back decades. Trump is not going along with this, which I love that. So through executive order, Trump is extending the coronavirus benefits and what they're looking at is um, maybe like a $300 federal government add-on or a $400 federal government add-on, not the $600, and maybe some kind of a cap of, let's say, 70% of what you would normally earn. So somewhere in there, there's the right number. But, you know, keeping this at $875 a week, for example, here in Florida, it's just not feasible for businesses to be able to reopen if that is the amount people can get paid to stay home. The part of this, though, that I'm personally, you know, I've got a lot of mixed feelings about this moratorium on evictions because I was reading, I've been reading some articles that there's a lot of people that haven't paid a rent payment or a mortgage payment since April, and this is going to be extended. Uh, and I just don't know how I don't know how this works, how you unwind this. For example, if you're a landlord and you own rental property, how can you go months and months without collecting rent? I get it that some people can't pay their rent, but rather than the government providing some kind of rental assistance, I mean, people are getting these stimulus packages. They're getting a lot of money from unemployment, but I guess they're not able to pay rent. They're not able to pay mortgages. Uh, I know everybody's in a different circumstance, but I'm asking the question, what does the landlord do? Because a landlord can't collect rent and then can't evict their tenants. Some of these people haven't paid rent or a mortgage since April. So somehow this all has to be unwound I don't know how you do it. I don't. You just pick a date and say, okay, as of October 1st, as of September 1st, whatever the date is, people have to start making mortgage payments. People have to start making rent payments. What do you do about the amount that they didn't pay? Does that somehow get rolled into a future increase in rent or mortgage? Uh, if it does, what will stop people from just leaving where they're living now and starting fresh with a new landlord. So 
walk away from like the six months they didn't pay. I don't know. These are complicated questions, but just as is typically the case, the government really isn't thinking through all of these unintended consequences. And, uh, you know, I give Trump credit because I don't like the idea of bailing out all of these blue states. I knew this was going to happen at some point. And they're going to use coronavirus as the excuse, whatever excuse they need to use, but that these blue states that are financially mismanaged are going to come after the red states that have balanced budgets. And in a lot of cases, like in Florida, financial surpluses, they're going to come after these red states to try to make up for their mismanagement, which is totally wrong. And I I really I think that this is the point in which you draw a line in the sand And you can't let that happen. You really can't let that happen. But I'll tell you what, here in my neighborhood uh, in northeast Florida, I live near St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, I walk about four miles every morning. And just in my little circle here, which has possibly maybe as many as 400 spots for homes to be built, there's probably right now at least 10 or 12 houses under construction. This whole area. I mean, the influx of people into the red states, Florida and Texas, for example, is unreal. And they're coming out of Illinois. They're coming out of New York. They're coming out of New Jersey. Uh, it, it is crazy to see the loss of population in these blue states. And the more people that leave, they keep raising taxes. So it's like a death spiral. They keep raising the taxes on those that remain. And who knows how it's going to unwind. Um, but, you know, I, it's it's a tough thing because you want to have compassion. You want to be able to provide for people that are struggling. Um, but the government tends to take this one size fits all approach. Uh, and, and I just don't know how this um, rent moratorium and, and, and this foreclosure moratorium, how this is going to be resolved uh, in the end. Okay. Jerry Falwell Jr. apparently has gone too far this time, taking a picture of himself and a woman, not his wife. Uh, the picture, if you go online, type this in, Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, picture. I'm not kidding you. It, it sounds ridiculous. This guy is the president of Liberty University. Yes, the son of Jerry Falwell, Jerry Falwell Jr. He uh, claims this was part of a costume party that was taking place on a yacht uh and he is uh, dressed this is his costume he's wearing a pair of pants that are unzipped the front of the pants are unzipped so you see his underwear and then there's a woman with him that is um supposed to be pregnant i guess maybe really is pregnant i don't know but her pants are also unzipped and he's holding a glass which has a dark liquid in it who knows what's in there? He says it was not liquor. And I mention that only because the students at Liberty University are not allowed to drink alcohol as part of their student contract. Um, but this is just, again, the latest bizarre move by Jerry Falwell Jr. And he posted this picture himself on social media. So you've got to ask yourself, what's going on with this guy? So he posts this picture, then he deletes this picture, and a lot of people screenshotted it, so it got distributed anyway. Um, I think the guy's losing it. I really do. And I think those Christians that are out defending him 
Apparently, he, he's done a lot for the university. The university was failing financially. He ended up implementing an online uh, program for the university, and, and, and it's, it's made millions of dollars. And he's, by all accounts, a financial genius, somebody that has taken the university much farther than his father did. All that being said, that's all great, but what kind of judgment does a Christian leader have, head of a Christian university, to post a picture of himself like this, okay, it's it's a costume, it's it's a costume party on a yacht, but nonetheless, there he stands with a woman, he's got his arm around her, it's not his wife, and they both are standing there with their pants zipped down. Uh, you know, I don't know, I guess I missed that costume when I was out at the costume shop <laughs> here in town. Uh, you know, I haven't seen the look at us, our pants are zipped down costume. I guess it's sort of like a, a white trash type of a joke, like we're so fat that we can't zip our pants. I, I don't know. It, that It just doesn't seem funny to me. I, I mean, what happened to like dressing up as Darth Vader or something like that, Jerry Falwell Jr.? But it's funny that a lot of Christians are defending him. Uh, he's a good friend of Donald Trump's. He's done all these great things, yada, yada, yada. He is now uh, stepping down. He's taking an on, a leave of absence for an unspecified period of time. Probably the best thing for all parties concerned. Then this story I thought was bizarre. Now, you remember Hunter Biden. I say, do you remember him? Because it seems like this whole investigation into Hunter Biden has just disappeared. It's like, well, you know, Burisma and, and, and all that happened there and China and, and Ukraine and everything. So we just kind of forgotten about all that. I guess there's still some kind of an investigation going on Capitol Hill, but I'm not hearing much about it. But I thought this story was fascinating. So Hunter Biden this week got hit with two tax liens totaling $450,000 for unpaid taxes. Now, this was in the District of Columbia in Washington, D.C. He gets hit with tax liens for unpaid taxes in the amount of nearly a half a million dollars. Okay, that's bizarre, right? In and of itself. But then it gets more strange when you read the rest of the story that I guess immediately, I guess within a day or two, those tax liens were completely paid. So he waits until the tax liens hit, totaling nearly a half a million dollars, then boom, pays them, pays them off. I don't know what I'm more suspicious of, the tax liens of a half a million dollars or that he was able to come up with a half a million dollars to pay them off. Now, remember, this is a deadbeat dad who has recently in recent weeks gone into court in Arkansas and said that he's unemployed. Uh, he has no source of income in all of this as a defense against not paying child support. Now, that child support case was ultimately settled. But uh, if there's some investigative reporter out there, which I know there are none anymore, <laughs> they're gone. Uh, unless it's a, a Republican or a conservative, there will be no investigation. I would like some aggressive investigative reporter to get into the records of this tax debt and find out how this tax debt was paid. Where did this money come from? And you also scratch your head and think, OK, this guy made all this money, but then he didn't set aside money for taxes during this time. I mean, we had read stories of, you know, 50000 a month, 
$60,000 a month. And then there was even more money on a deal with China and a hedge fund. And I mean, all this money. And then there's all these unpaid taxes of nearly a half a million dollars that build up. And then, boom, the tax bill comes due. Two tax liens hit. And you wonder, like, well, how long did that go on before those tax liens were filed? And then all of a sudden, boom, he comes up with the $450,000 to wipe those out. Something's not right here. I mean, there's definitely a story there underlying all of this. Maybe we'll never know. But I just continue to wonder, why is there not any interest in this whole Hunter Biden saga? I mean, it seems like there's plenty of meat on the bones there uh, for a Woodward and Bernstein type of investigation into this guy and all of his foreign dealings. And then we've got, uh, you know, a half a million dollar, uh, half a million dollars in tax liens that are instantly paid off. There's something going on here. I, I, you know, I was born in the morning, but I wasn't born yesterday morning. (laughs) I mean, something's going on here, please. Uh, Okay. There is a story that just exploded onto the Internet this week. The Daily Mail, I believe it was, was able to get the rest of the arrest video on George Floyd. Uh, You remember George Floyd? Uh, That's what all of these riots started from uh, George Floyd, who had died uh, because he was being held down by four police officers in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That George Floyd. So. The Daily Mail was able to get the rest of the body cam footage from the arrest of George Floyd, and that was posted online this week. And now I guess the court has officially released it. The horses are out of the barn. So the hor- the uh, the the uh, court has said, well, now we're going to just release the video. Everybody has it already anyway. And so the rest of the video shows that George Floyd was not compliant during the arrest process, he was not compliant. He was resisting. Uh, George Floyd literally sounded crazy, uh, said he couldn't breathe from the very beginning of the arrest process. It didn't start when he was on the ground. Um, this may or may not change your mind, um, but I will tell you this. I think it is very unfair and very suspicious that all of the body cam video footage was not released right away. It should have all been released right away. Why do we get to see just the parts of the video that make the police officers look the worst? And then the rest of the video, we don't get to see that it gets held up uh, for all this time. Um, Some people watching that video are not, their minds are not changed. In my case, Um, My mind is not changed in the sense that I don't think that police officer, the one that was on his neck, should have been doing that. I still think he's guilty of something. I think it's going to be very hard to prove that he's guilty of murder. He's going to be guilty of something, most likely. The other three officers that were just holding down George Floyd after he was acting so crazy, I doubt those three officers are guilty of anything after watching the video. And I also uh, wonder... You know, really, here's how I look at it. I was at a 10, like everybody else, as far as are these officers guilty? I was at a 10 that they're guilty. Now I'm like, 
maybe a five after seeing that video. And I'm more inclined if I were on a jury based on what I've seen so far to say three of those officers are not guilty of anything. I would say that uh, Chauvin, the one that was on the neck, definitely should be fired from the police force, definitely should be convicted of some kind of a crime, but but not murder. Um, so my my whole perspective on it has largely changed my view of how the one officer acted has not modified to the point that I, I would say he did nothing wrong. He shouldn't have been fired. He shouldn't have been charged. I think he should have been charged with a lesser crime than murder. I think he should have been fired. The other three officers, I don't I don't see that. I, I don't I don't see it. Uh, so it, it's out there. There is a an article if you want to read it uh, in the American conservative, which is it's this article is like a lightning rod. The guy goes really into a lot of details about the video, the new video that we're seeing and his viewpoint on it. And he probably agrees with my view on it. Now, I, I probably see somewhat eye to eye with this guy to some degree, which is that on a scale of one to ten, it, it wasn't a ten after seeing everything. It, it really wasn't. It wasn't as bad as what I think we all thought it was. Still, a man died. That's terrible. That one officer, I think, should be charged with something. But take a look at if you haven't seen the rest of the body cam footage, you'll see what I'm talking about, that it does really change the texture of what happened. It doesn't completely change it, but it reduces, I think, it, it makes me, like I said, reduce the severity of what I think the officers should or should not have done only because if you see the rest of the body cam footage and you see how non-compliant George Floyd was and how literally crazy that he was acting and how he started from the very beginning saying he couldn't breathe. Uh, it wasn't something that started once he was being held down. You have to see the video to understand what I'm saying. And don't misquote me. I am not saying that Derek Chauvin should be let go. I'm not saying that at all, but there's more of a nuance to this, I guess, is what I'm saying than what we originally thought based on the limited amount of video that we saw. Uh, okay. There was a 5.1 magnitude earthquake in North Carolina, strongest in 94 years. Isn't that bizarre? Then there was a smaller earthquake that took place later today in Tennessee. Just weird things happening. And our good friend Paul Bagley covers a lot of these earthquakes uh, and believes that they're part of uh, end times Bible prophecy. And I'm I'm convinced he's right about that because we're, we're seeing just unusual things happening. Five point one earthquake in North Carolina, strongest in 94 years. And isn't this ironic? Uh, you're wondering what might be happening to that mall near you. That is going out of business where all the stores are closing. I find it fascinating what's happening with these malls. Some of them are turning into like apartment complexes. Um, there's a big one near me, a big mall where a church bought it, turned it into like a mega church uh, campus. Well, in in <laughs> it couldn't be any more ironic, right? Amazon has killed the retail business, has killed the malls, right? Amazon is now going to be taking over malls and turning them into fulfillment centers. I kid you not. 
the height of irony to uh, share that news with you tonight. And uh, Disney is not doing well. Uh, Disney is set to reduce their park hours. So what this means is normally uh, like the Magic Kingdom would open up at like nine o'clock in the morning and would be open until like nine or ten o'clock at night. Well, now they're, they're, they're talking about like only hours from, say, nine to five or nine to six on the Magic Kingdom. Why? Because people aren't coming. And it makes sense, right? Who would want to come to Disney in 100 degree heat and wear a mask and all of these rules that they have now about what kind of masks are approved, uh, that you can't sip a soda while you're walking around or, or a bottle of water. You have to be stationary. You have to wear certain masks that don't have an exhale valve on them. Uh, you've got to wear these masks in 100 degree weather, standing in all these lines. Who would want to go to Disney? So they're cutting back the hours uh, at the theme park. Probably we'll see the same thing follow over at uh, Universal Studios. Uh, in this story, I, I also found fascinating. I was wondering when the other shoe would drop. Major trucking companies are now announcing that they will be refusing to deliver uh, truckloads to cities that are defunding the police. Imagine that. So if you're in a city where they're voting to defund the police, like in Chicago, like in Seattle, like in Portland, guess what? You might not be able to go to the store and buy anything because no truck will come there. Because why? Insurance companies don't want to renew these insurance policies in cities where all of this is going on because they don't want to pay for a Walmart to be burned to the ground or a Target to be burned to the ground. They don't want to insure uh, these trucks full of merchandise uh, from being hijacked uh, and burned to the ground, which has happened in some of these cities. So there are consequences if you don't want to, uh, you know, have a civil society with police and with the rule of law, then you're not going to be able to get in your car and go down and buy groceries or go down to a Target or a Walmart to do any shopping because you basically want your city to turn into a Mad Max, uh, you know, purge type of society where people are walking around with with uh, Molotov cocktails and shotguns. Uh, if that's what you want, that's what you're going to have. And no normal business activity is going to take place in these areas. So as we see insurers begin to pull out, uh, more and more is happening. My last thoughts here uh, for you tonight before we go to our guest, uh, Bitcoin, uh, if you've been following cryptocurrency uh, very closely, we talk about it every two or three weeks on the show. Uh, watch carefully what's happening with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is sort of locked in step with gold, which has recently gone over $2,000 an ounce. And this is happening largely because of the value of the dollar dropping internationally against other currencies. So we've got really uh, the specter of inflation here in the United States, uh, which is good for real estate. It's good for gold. And now it appears to be good for Bitcoin, in addition to the fact that a lot of people are trying to expatriate uh, their money out of places like China and Hong Kong uh, and are using Bitcoin to be able to do that. So Bitcoin is on a run uh, flirting with $12,000 this week. Uh, I believe uh, we're, we're just about to see another leg up in the price of Bitcoin and other leading cryptocurrencies. All right, we're going to take a one minute break. Refire the open. We'll be back with our good friend and special guest, Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis. Stand by. We'll be back in one minute. 